In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, this Sunday is the first Sunday of the last season of the church. And this is the season called Pudash Eta, or uh, the sanctification of the church. This is the last season in the liturgical cycle. And then next season, we're going to begin again from the start, which, is, which will be Advent. Why does this season come last, and what is the season of the church, the sanctification of the church? It's an eschatological season. This means that this is a season that celebrates the end times already. When our Lord comes again, He will bring all of His disciples to Himself. He will bring to Himself all the members of the church, and He will finish His work of sanctification in their souls. And then the church will be sanctified and will be crowned in heaven as his bride. So this season is actually not a season looking and celebrating something, some past event. This season of the church is celebrating already now a future event, something that will happen at the end times, something that we look forward to with great faith and hope. But it's a good thing to ask, why the church? What did Jesus start the church for? Why not just, you know, give his teaching, have people write it down, and then just pass it through the generations? And we believe what Jesus said, and we uh, act the way Jesus told us to act, and leave it at that. Why do we have to come to church? Why do we have to gather together? What is this whole, why not just me and God? Well, because we're not made that way as human beings. It's right from the beginning. In the book of Genesis, God made Adam... And Adam was in paradise walking with God and it was still not enough for Adam. It was not good, it says, that man should be alone. So he created Eve to be his companion so that Adam and Eve together will worship God together. This is the life of communion, the life of community that Jesus established the church for. Without community, we really cannot be full human beings. Without community, we really can't express our full humanity. We can't meet our potential as human beings unless we are with one another worshiping God together. If I do it just alone, I'm missing a very big part of myself, which is another person or other human beings or a community or society in general. So we ask the question, if this is what the church is, this has something to do with the way Jesus, with the way God creates us as well, because he creates us in families. And the family is supposed to be a little community. It's supposed to be a mini church. It's supposed to be a mini society where a child is born and grows up in this mini society and he lives according to the rules of this society, the house rules, and he learns how to love other human beings that are around him, even though they sometimes annoy him. He learns how to be obedient to his parents. He learns how to express himself. He learns how to receive love. He <coughs> learns how to give gifts, to receive gifts. He learns how to act in a societal, in a communal setting. What happens when that begins to break down? In the family, what happens when that begins to break down in the church? Well, the logical conclusion is that we just become lesser versions of ourselves. We just become less and less 
the models that God created us to be as human beings. We simply become less human the less we live in communion with others. The more individualized we are, the less human we are because we are not created to be mere individuals. What is the biggest obstacle to this today? We can talk about a lot of things. What's the biggest obstacle to communal life today? Or uh, what is the biggest um, threat of individualism today? We can say a lot. I mean, gossip would be one of these things. When I break the reputation of my neighbor, then I'm, breaking, I'm severing that relationship somehow. When I'm overly aggressive in my financial you know, competitiveness, in relation to the rest of the members of my community, that I'm trying to make myself better than other people and that obviously is not, that doesn't foster friendship. When I'm a very selfish person, I'm just chasing people out of my life and so on and so forth. All these are true. But there's one thing that uh, exists now that I want to talk about in particular in this homily that I think is a looming threat and I think is a new threat and I think is something that has caused a lot of issues, especially in the context of community, and most especially in the context of the family, which is the basis of all community. And I'm referring to, in general, an irresponsible use of technology, most especially things like the smartphone or the iPad or something like that. Because what we see happening now is, well, let me just say it to you this way. I've seen children, before they're able to talk, they're able to change settings on an iPad, which is ridiculous. I know, as well as you do, that the kind of uh, culture that we're building in our, in our community now, in our family community now, in our family kind of etiquette, is that we're very much atomized people or individuals. Everybody is just kind of on their phone, on their iPad, doing their own things at some place in the room and then they come out every once in a while to meet these new people that are around them in the house. That's not fostering community life and that's not fostering a, a healthy society. That's not fostering a healthy uh, relationship between these people and the family such that I can grow in love with these people. And instead, it's starting to eat away at us. And because the less human we are, the less we are with one another in God, the less we are people that are living in relationship with each other as created by God, the more we're doing harm to ourselves. And some of the harm has become evident according to statistical studies. And I'm gonna read you an article from a online journal called etactics.com. It is not a Catholic or a Christian uh, journal. It is not, it's not religious in any sense. It is purely secular. They did a lot of research. They gathered a lot of research that has been done by research centers like Pew Research, National Center for Health Research, Science Daily, and others. And I'm just gonna read some of the stats to you so that you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Rates of adolescents reporting symptoms of major depression increased by 52% from 2005 to 2017. In adults, it grew by 63%. The suicide rate for girls between 14 and 18 years old increased by 65%. The suicide rate for girls between 10 to 14 years old increased by up to 150%. Self-harm, the rate of self-harm for girls between 10 and 14 nearly tripled. And I'm quoting from the article here, 
These patterns point to social media. 13% of kids ages 12 to 17 report depression. 32% report anxiety. 13% of kids are depressed. 32% live in fear and in anxiety. 25%, one fourth of 18 to 25 year olds report mental illness. Again, I'm, I'm quoting from the article. These age groups report high usage of social media. 59% of US teens experienced cyberbullying or online harassment. I'm gonna read a little bit from the article here. People have trouble putting their phones down. A study found that 94% of participants reported feeling troubled when they didn't have their phone. 80% were jealous when someone else used their phone. And 70% expected to feel depressed, panicked, and helpless if their phone went missing or if they couldn't find it. The article gives us a couple solutions of its own, um, according to its own thinking. One of them being by reducing social media use to only 30%, only 30 minutes a day, results in significantly lower levels of anxiety, depression, loneliness, sleep problems, and FOMO, which I have never heard before, but apparently means fear of missing out. That's, that's if we go down to 30 minutes a day. It suggests going down to 10 minutes a day. I suggest zero minutes a day, but that's my thing. We did a, a kind of um, experiment at St. Peter's recently with a youth group over there, the middle school group over there, where we asked the students, there were about 100 to 120 students, to pull out their phones and check the screen time, how long they've been on the phone, how long they've been watching the phone just that day, and the average was 10 hours on just that day. So this is, in my opinion, what they would call a crisis in our community. And I don't want to be an alarmist, but that's simply what's going on. There's anxiety going through the roof, depression going through the roof, families are breaking apart, being individualized, or no longer being grouped together. People are not understanding any longer how to socialize. And I'm only speaking here in this article. This article is only speaking about smartphones in relation to social media in relation to mental health disorders. We're not now talking about morality. We're not talking about the formation of the person. We're not talking about the education levels of the person. We're not talking about a whole list of other things that can be affected. And we're not even talking about TVs and video games and these other things. Only cell phones in relation to social media, in relation to mental illness. If we talk about morality, your toes would curl. We know priests that what these kids do on their cell phones, and unfortunately, they have smartphones, they have the full access to the internet, they look up pornography, that's what they do. They send pictures of themselves to each other, nudes of themselves to each other. This is a sad reality, especially for such a Christian people. Brothers and sisters, this again is what I would call a crisis, something that we need to take care of. Children should not have smartphones and iPads. Young people should not have these devices. They don't have the capacity to handle them and still maintain their morality, and still maintain their own dignity as human beings. They need to be taught for a long time and disciplined for years before they're able to handle something as powerful as the full use of the internet in their pocket. Brothers and sisters, what is lost because of these things is a sense of community living with other people. To gain that back, 
Let us go back to doing some of the old habits that we used to do. Eat together as a family. Pray together every night, extendedly, as a family. Encourage each other to read books and discuss these books. Have these kinds of conversations. Be with one another. Be present to one another. As opposed to just being present somewhere to the cell phone, off in another place in the house, and establishing no connection there. Brothers and sisters, the family is the basis of the church, and many families together form the church. One affects the other, but without the family, and without the full power of the church, it is the individual that always loses. Let us gain it back so that we can form ourselves in community again and re-experience what, it mean, what, what God really wants from us and the full blessings that God has in store for us. Amen. Amen.